Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season two, episode seven, which is appropriately titled Masquerade. They didn't even need a creative title. They said it's Masquerade Ball. And we're not giving you any clues about anything else, babe. They said, you know, shit's about to go down. Also, because this is episode seven. And as we know from the first season, they split season one into like three chunks with one big villain each chunk. So this is the end of our first chunk of season two, which is the Catherine chapter. Do they do that through all the seasons? I don't think so. There's some seasons that definitely have like one overarching thing, but this season we definitely have three chunks. Okay. I assumed we were having an overarching villain, but no. But no, we're having three chunks. So this is the end of the chunk where Catherine is our main antagonist. But it's not the end of Catherine, I can tell you that right now. Well, we'll see. She seems pretty locked up in that tomb. I don't know if we'll see her for a while. (laughs) But for now, I will start us off by, as always, reading the Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis of the episode. Stefan and Damon decide on a new plan to deal with Catherine at the Lockwood's Masquerade Ball. Catherine calls on an old friend, Lucy, guest star Natasha Williams, to attend the ball with her. Bonnie, Jeremy, and Alaric all do what they can to help Stefan and Damon, but Catherine has a surprise planned that none of them could foresee. Things take an ugly turn when Matt and Taylor start doing shots with their friends. You said Matt and Taylor. Well, I meant Tyler. You all know that. <laughs> Excuse me. That's, not, that's hardly the most important part of the episode. <laughs> but we start off the episode at the Salvatore house. Damon is giving Caroline some blood. And she's like, oh, I'm still shaking. And Stefan walks in to ask what happened. And he is wearing the most bizarre fit we've seen him in. It does not make sense for him. So he's wearing a gingham button up and what looks like a cardigan. Yeah. We do eventually see enough that it is not a cardigan, but it looks so much like a cardigan that it might as well be. It might as well be a chocolate brown cardigan with a gingham shirt. Who the fuck is this man? Yeah. Upon closer inspection, it's a hoodie that's a little too small for him. The gingham is like light gray and white. And I don't know if you clocked this. It's a long sleeve button up he's got under there because the sleeves are coming out from the sleeves of the hoodie cardigan. I definitely did clock that. I think that was why it was so off-putting to me. It was just not the look we want to see from Stefan. It's not the look we expect to see from Stefan. This isn't like a bad look by any means, but I'm like, why is Stefan wearing this? It's a bad look. It's a choice. I mean, name one person who would look good in it on this show. Quickly. On this show, Tyler. Tyler wouldn't look good in Alaric. it. Alaric would not look good in it. Everyone would look weird in it. You cannot tell me Alaric wouldn't look good in this. It's a teacher vibe. No, Stephanie, I want you to really for a second picture Alaric in this outfit and tell me it doesn't look weird. Okay, here's the thing Alaric would look good in a button up shirt with a cardigan. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not this outfit. I'm viewing it as a, a cardigan. That's why I'm fine for that. You're, you're right. That The hoodie information does complicate it. Well, no, I think he looks good in a button up with a cardigan. I don't think he looks good in this button up. I think the gingham is the real offender here. I think Alert can pull off gingham. I don't think Stefan can. But I don't think Alert could pull off this light gingham. I think it would have to be like a black and dark gray gingham. I think your bigger issue is that it's a big gingham instead of a small gingham. Yeah, you're right. Again, the gingham's the issue here. The gingham's the real villain. But this this is not a fashion podcast. But this is not a fashion podcast. I just had to address that. 
Anyway, so Caroline tells Stefan what happened is she saw Catherine at the grill today. She went there to just look at Matt, apparently, which vibes. She's like, I was just like quasi stalking Matt. Like, it's okay, girl. Vibe. Love. So then we flash back to the grill to see it. Caroline is just standing and smiling at Matt. And he's like, do you need a table? And she's like, oh, um, I'm just using the bathroom. She's like, oh, actually, Matt, that's not your job. You're not a host. You're a busboy. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so Damon says, let's skip the teen drama and get to the point. First of all, the teen drama is the point. And so then Caroline says she had to pretend to use the bathroom, even though she didn't even have to go because she's a doofus. And then she gets to the bathroom and Catherine comes out of the stall. We obviously know it's Catherine because her hair is curly. And at first it seems like Caroline thinks it's Elena, which I'm like, come on, Caroline, you're better than this. Yeah, Caroline, you have seen the most of Catherine of almost anyone so far. You should be able to have picked up on that. So Caroline says, Elena, and Catherine's like, oh, my God, I saw you with Matt. Are you okay?" And Caroline's like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then Caroline tries to run out because, of course, she knew it was Catherine the whole time. Yeah. Catherine says, wow, you're good. What gave me away? A lot, actually. A lot gave you away. Your hair, the fact that you had a booby shirt on that wasn't like a lace cami underneath. I mean, that's top two. You didn't have a necklace on. You're not wearing a Henley. You're not wearing Converse. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty clear if you know what to look for, Catherine. (laughs) But on top of that, Caroline also knows that Elena is at home. Yeah. And so Catherine's there to tell Caroline to deliver a message to the Salvators. She says, tell Damon and Stefan that I want the Moonstone or I will rip this town apart until it rains blood tonight at the Masquerade Ball. Fives. And Stefan's like, well, of course she wants to do it in public. Killing Mason threw her off guard. And so Stefan's very scared of Catherine at this point. But Damon is kind of calm. Damon's like, she's running scared. What she did to Jenna was desperate. She's out of tricks. And Stefan's like, no, I don't think we can underestimate her. We have to be smart. And Caroline's like, here's a thought. Why don't we just give her the moonstone so she leaves? Yeah, Caroline's saying what we're all thinking. Like, what reason do we have to want the moonstone? Like, maybe she could just have it. (laughs) But Damon does have a good reason. And his reason is that Catherine's not getting dick, (laughs) which fair enough. And I mean, you have to assume if you're these people, you have to assume if Catherine wants the Moonstone, there's some reason she wants it that is evil. There's some nefarious plot attached to it. Yeah. And so you're like, well, we might as well not give her the Moonstone and get ahead of it. So Damon says, "Okay, well, I'm going to kill Catherine. And Stefan says, no, you won't. And Damon says that Stefan is being a goody goody. But Stefan says, no. Because I'm going to kill her. Even in death, she's causing a love triangle. You have to love it. We see a lot of process go through this. I still am not convinced either of these two have the balls to kill her. Well, it looked like they were just about ready to before they knew she was linked to Elena. I don't know. They have a lot of balls shooting stakes at her. I think if they really wanted to kill her, they would have shot the deadly stake first. Maybe. Well, I think it also is a TV show. And they can't shoot the deadly stake first because we need a fight sequence. And also Elena was linked. It's not just about human behavior. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. So then we cut over to the Gilbert house. Elena and Jeremy and Matt are bringing Jenna home from the hospital. They're helping her limp. She's super embarrassed because to her knowledge, she walked into a knife. Yeah, I feel embarrassed too. And Matt says, oh, don't worry. I've done it like 20 times at the restaurant. And he says he's joking, but I don't think he is. I do believe he's walked into a knife 20 times. I think he was joking about 20 times. That's, I think it's only been 15. <laughs> and he was being nice, but he, 
he could have just said the normal amount and it would have still been nice enough. Yeah. And Jenna said, well, you would walk into a knife. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. She didn't say that. So Elena and Jeremy go and like powwow in the kitchen and Jeremy's like, oh, what are we going to do? And Elena's like, we're going to make lunch. And Jeremy's like, no, about Catherine. Jeremy's like, no, I'm proud of this now. Give me the intel. Yeah. Elena says, look, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to do what she says. We're going to let her win. And Jeremy says, you're being naive and you know it. Okay. He's got a point. And speaking of Miss Catherine, over at the bed and breakfast where she's staying, she's bringing a bunch of shopping bags in with the help of an old lady who owns the Airbnb. It's not an Airbnb, but whatever. I'm just saying that. The woman drops off her shopping bags and Catherine starts to like look at her conquests. And then we see a woman we don't know sneak in behind her. Catherine hears her, traps her against the wall. We realize pretty quickly that they're not enemies, but actually they're friends. They know each other. Yeah, and they're like, oh, good to see you, girly. They hug. We get from this interaction that this is Lucy. She is a witch. Catherine called her to come. They seem to be friends or as friendly as Catherine gets. We learn later that really Lucy owes Catherine a favor, and that's kind of as friendly as Catherine gets. They do seem to be actual friends in this scene. Yeah, exactly. You know, of course, Catherine has a witch friend in the wings. She knows how powerful that is. Well, but Lucy's not her friend. Well, friend to Catherine is more relative. (laughs) Ally, I suppose, more than friend. And also Lucy's smart enough to know that it's smarter to be in an alliance with Catherine if she owes her something than not. Yeah, if she owes her something, she might as well do something she needs and move on after that. And also, there are worse people to owe a debt to than Catherine. At least you get to go to a fun party. Lucy's probably like, it could be worse. So we don't know her name yet. We learn it later, but it's Lucy. This is a guest starring actress. Her name is Natasha Williams. She isn't known for much to me, but she was on the Olsen twin TV show. So little time. Oh yeah. I did not recognize her from anything. I there's a first for everything. Yeah. There's nothing on her IMDb. One thing in this scene that we really get a peek at is how little Nina Nobrev's face looks in Catherine's curly hair. They really give her like three times the hair a person needs. I know, she looks like a little baby. Yeah, it's like, okay, we get it. That's Catherine. She has so much hair. (laughs) Did she get a witch to like spell her extra hair? I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) Those vampire genes, baby. Yeah, there you go. So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Bonnie is arriving after getting a message from Stefan. She's brought the grimoire and she's like, oh, hey, what's going on? Because she sees a lot of people are gathered here. Lurk's here, Jeremy's here, Caroline's here. Really the whole squad minus Elena. (laughs) Yeah, the gang's all here. And Jeremy says, oh, we're going to kill Catherine. And Stefan says, I can explain. We're going to kill Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we see Lurk explaining some of his weapons. They're all kind of the same in the sense that they all use wooden stakes and compressed air, pretty much. Yeah, he found what worked and, and stuck with it in a number of ways, but it's it's the same vibe. Yeah, they're cool. They work. Once you find the compressed air, there's really no point in reinventing the wheel. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, he has the cool little bracelet that goes under the jacket sleeve of mini stakes. Cool. Very, very cool. Meanwhile, at the B&B, Catherine is straightening her hair, finally. So, girl, you should have been doing this more. Yeah, who finally told her straightener success? It's funny because you know that she could have straightened her hair to look more like Elena. But I think a part of her just wanted the fun to see, like, how many people she could trick with her hair curly. 
Yeah, like it was an extra challenge. Like she was like, if it's straight, it's too easy. And I also get the sense, I mean, she kind of alludes to this, that Catherine is like, Elena looks so ugly. I have given her this fucking face, this body, this hair, and she is straightening her hair, wearing Henley's and wearing Converse. Are you fucking joking? She's like, I will not reduce myself to that, even to pretend to be her. Yeah. Catherine even tells Lucy she's straightening her hair to look like her, quote, dull as dishwater doppelganger. I can relate, Miss Catherine. Just kidding. (laughs) And she even says like, oh, yeah, Elena has the worst taste. And Lucy's like, except in men. Catherine says, will you shut the fuck up? She's like, I'm getting them back. Leave me alone. And Lucy says, hey, isn't this a risk to like impersonate her in front of the whole town and Catherine's like "Mm, no I'm really good at it plus everyone's gonna be masks so win-win Lucy's like have you ever even seen this moonstone I assumed it was a made-up legend but Catherine's like oh I have seen it and I need it back Lucy asks why and then quickly guesses that Catherine wants her to break the curse which Catherine does not confirm or deny but says we just need to get it first But she wants Lucy for backup because she obviously assumes Damon and Stefan are going to put up a fight. And she's correct. It's not her first rodeo. She knows this moonstone isn't getting handed over to her as soon as she walks into this party. Yeah, she knows she's going to have to cause a little chaos. And she's like, oh, no, twist my arm. I have to cause some chaos at a party. I I have to break out my red lipstick and eat a bunch of strawberries. Yeah. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Bonnie is like, hey. This plan seems pretty risky and it sure puts a lot of people in danger. And Stefan said, look, this is about so much more than me getting Elena back. She crossed a line with Jenna. She needs to be stopped before she does anything like that again. Bonnie is obviously hesitant, but Stefan does his best to recruit her. He's like, look, I have an edge because Catherine knows I'm not going to try anything in a crowd full of innocent people. And so Bonnie comes up with the genius idea that says, like, I could trap her in a room like the tomb spell, isolate her from the others. And then she's like, "Okay, that's a good enough idea for me to say, yeah, I'm going to help. Yeah. Bonnie's whole thing is like, I'm not getting everybody else involved. If we can isolate this. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Great. Minimize any casualties as much as possible. It's the Bonnie Bennett guarantee. Yeah. So then we go over to the Gilbert house where Matt is getting ready to leave after getting Jenna all set up. And Elena's like, hey, Matt, you're like welcome to stay and hang out. Alaric's coming over. We're going to eat pizza and watch bad TV. And Matt's like, no, I'm going to the masquerade party at the Lockwoods. Aren't you going? And Elena's like, no, with what's going on with me and Stefan? It's just too weird. And she like asks him like, oh, do you have to go? And he's like, yeah, I have to go. There's something I have to do, but I can't talk about it. And she's like, OK, fun. Yeah. Elena, what could Matt possibly have to do there? I know. I talk to you about. Like, what do you have to do? Hang out with Tyler? I mean, the craziest thing that you could think of is like, maybe he has to talk to Caroline. But wouldn't he tell you that to get a little like inroad? Elena should dig deeper, but she doesn't because she's thinking about Stefan. Yeah. And then Matt, for some reason, says me in a suit. (laughs) And I'm not sure why. Like, as if that's a selling point. But she bites. She says, oh, you look good in a suit. And then he says, you and Stefan will work it out. He kind of rejects her. Well, of course, Matt looks good in a suit. Everyone looks good in a suit. If you're like, quote unquote, conventionally attractive. He's a conventionally attractive white blonde guy. Yeah, he looks good in a suit. Yeah, especially because he dresses so bad all the other times. I'm sure in a suit you're like, oh, is Matt hot? Yeah. Good time to be Matt when you're wearing a suit. I'll say that. Exactly. But Elena says she really doesn't think 
that she and Stefan will work it out, that there's too much going on that won't work. And Matt says, well, I'm always here for you. And they hug. Whatever. You think we're going to see Matt and Elena get together over the course of this show? I pray we do not. I pray we do not. This episode, it was like, why are we cultivating this relationship again? That doesn't seem necessary. It's not the first relationship we see cultivated this episode, but it is the worst one. Yeah, by a long shot. Yeah. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvatore house and Alaric's about to head out. He's like, hey, you guys sure you don't need me? And they're like, no, we need someone to watch Elena. I get why Alaric was tapped to watch Elena because he's dating Jenna. He should be hanging out with Jenna anyway. Yeah. But call me crazy. Kind of feels like the most experienced hunter should be there. And maybe, you know, a better liar should be with Elena. Feels like maybe Jeremy should have stayed home. Jeremy would have never let that happen. I know. But like, I think if they had said, no, Jeremy, this is a really important part of this plan. He's still involved in the plan. Yeah, that's true. But he plays to his strengths. But I get why Alaric makes sense because he's dating Jenna. And if I was Jenna and I couldn't go to the masquerade ball, but my boyfriend goes to hang out with all my niece's friends. I'd be pissed. It would be hell to pay. Yeah. I have a stab wound in my stomach. You want a matching one, bitch? Yeah, literally. <laughs> You'll walk into a knife tonight. So I get why Alaric's staying. But I feel like the guy who knows how to use all the weapons should be there. But I get that Stefan and Damon want to kill Catherine. Everyone wants their own glory. Alaric's the most humble. And basically, they're like, we do not want Elena to know about this plan. And Stefan's like, okay, uh, if anyone wants to puss out, now's your time. (laughs) And Damon's like, I don't want anyone chickening out when we get to it. And he's like, Caroline? And Caroline's like, "Uh uh-uh, she killed me. Fair's fair. Caroline's like, when have I ever chickened out of anything? Stop asking me. He's like, leave me alone. And she's like, as long as there are no werewolves. And Damon's like, I took care of Mason. And Jeremy's like, unless Tyler kills someone, he's not going to turn. So they're really foreshadowing that we're going to have a werewolf problem. Yeah. Way to jinx it, King. Yeah. (laughs) And Stefan's like, okay, Bonnie, which is the one they should be checking on about chickening out. Yeah. That's kind of her MO. (laughs) Yeah. And Bonnie's like, as long as no one gets hurt, which of course no one can promise, but no one's addressing that because they really need Bonnie's help because how else are they going to trap Catherine in a room? Yeah. I mean, there's no way to promise that. And it was foolish to think that was going to happen. But Bonnie's the most integral to this plan. So they yeah. can't have her leave him. Yeah. And Damon says the only person who's going to get hurt is Catherine. Tonight, Catherine gets the stake through her heart. Mm. We'll see. She gets a stake <laughs> through her shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, we cut to the masquerade ball at the Lockwoods. And the first thing I noticed when I watched and you noticed when you watched is there is a lot of fire twirlers. Yeah, they said, it's a masquerade ball. Let's get some fucking flaming batons out here. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah, and like so many of them. Like, I didn't know you could hire that many, like, legally. What's the fire code? It surpassed their catering budget. I know it did. (laughs) So then we check in in Richard's study with Tyler and Carol. She reminds him to keep the door shut because Richard would be very upset if anyone came into his study. I mean, what's he going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> but okay. And Carol's rocking the low back cocktail dress. Queen. I mean, we love. And Tyler's rocking the suit. They compliment each other. They both say the other looks good. Game respect game. Tyler apologizes for being a dick slash a jerk lately. And then he's like, but have you heard from Mason? Carol's like, no, and we're not gonna. He always does this shit. 
Carol's like, look, I know it sucks, but like, we're not going to hear back from him. So don't waste your energy on it. Like, I love you, son. Don't bother with that. Anymore. Yeah. And Tyler says, you know, we should have canceled this party because his dad is dead. Yeah. And Carol says, no, the masquerade thing was Richard's idea. I have no idea what it has to do with helping the homeless. So the cause for this party is homelessness. And they hired like a million fire twirlers. I'll tell you how to fight homelessness. Build some houses on your huge property. Yeah, your huge property in the woods. I don't know. Buy some food. Make some kids. And also... We don't see anyone show a ticket to get in. It just seems like everyone can show up. So what about this is making money? I mean, I'm sure they bought tickets, but why Why mention this? Like, in no way does this read really as a fundraiser. And that's okay. Like, I'm watching a TV show. Like, it's fine that it's just a party. Like, you guys just had a whole month of Founders Day events that made no money except for yourselves. Make it Tyler's birthday. Make it Arbor Day. I don't care. Like calling it a homelessness benefit just felt like why even mention it? Because it's mentioned once and never again. And there seems to be no way this is helping. Yeah, it seems like they just wanted to do a little light homelessness joke. I don't know there was a joke. I think they were like, it's a charity party. Because they can't just be having all these parties willy nilly. And they said, what's a cause that no one will get offended by? And they said the homelessness. Well, I think the joke is not about homelessness, to be fair. I think the joke is about <laughs> charity parties being stupid. That could be. Either way, it's just goofy. I mean, it, it sticks out like a sore thumb. And Carol said, you know, I know this theme doesn't make sense, but once Richard made his mind up, he could be a dick slash a jerk. And she's like, but... What can I say? I loved him. And I know you did, too. And she's like, and I know you feel abandoned, but I don't want you to feel alone. Sweet little mother son moment. And they agree to go to the party and at the very least pretend to have fun. And the bitch deserves a cocktail because she's the mayor. (laughs) Yeah, she really took this mayor job out of nowhere. Let her have some fun. So then we see Catherine and Lucy arrive. Catherine starts her night off with a couple strawberries, but they won't be her last. (laughs) and one thing about Catherine, you know she did straighten her hair but she said this shit is getting bumped the fuck up yeah i will not be doing flat hair that won't be me she said yeah i'm going as my dullest dishwater doppelganger elena and all she did was straighten her hair and wear a super sexy outfit like you don't look like elena well not only the sexy dress but the way she walks downstairs this whole episode and no shade to nino brev the bitch does not have hips but she is swaying in what she has Yeah, it's just she's obviously like I'm wearing a mask. No one's going to ask any questions, whatever. And no one does ask any questions. But like, what was the point of straightening your hair? You're not tricking anyone. Everyone who would be fooled by you being Elena knows you're coming and knows Elena isn't. Like the only people you need to fool really are like Jeremy, who knows you're Catherine and Matt, who you're compelling, who who you're compelling and is very stupid. And it's okay. I don't want to imagine what Elena would have wanted this party. You surely look better than she would have. And I know it's the same actress, but that doesn't matter. I mean, she looked amazing, but she did not look like Elena. I'm sure Catherine bought a couple dresses that were more like Elena and she tried them on and she's like, I'm sorry, I can't do she's this. Like, this is disgusting. No, give me the bodycon mini black bandage dress. I can't. She's like, I'm literally going to throw up. I'm sick. Yeah. <laughs> 
and as we mentioned, Catherine's eating strawberries. She eats a lot of strawberries over the night because it's a very sexy fruit to eat. She is serving sex appeal and she knows it. Yeah, even the mask is sexy and it's hard to get a sexy masquerade mask. There are a lot of ugly masks in the night. And I kept being like, why does everyone have ugly masks? But I think it's just that like Catherine had a truly amazing one that gave like big eyelash energy. I mean, her mask was just the best one at the party by a long shot. So the first person Catherine runs into is Matt. And he's surprised to see what he thinks is Elena. And she says, oh my God, Matt, you look dashing. It's not the last time she calls someone dashing. And he says, oh, I thought you said you weren't coming. And she said, oh, my God, I couldn't miss it. You look so hot in a suit. Anyway, let's review. And then she starts compelling him. She said, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to start a fight with Tyler and I won't stop till he kills me. And she said, that is very hot. Now go away. And he says, thank you. It's incredible. (laughs) I do love now go away. Thank you. Yeah. Matt knows. It's the power. So then we check in on Damon and Stefan outside who have seen no sign of Catherine yet. And so Stefan takes this opportunity to say, hey, Damon, um, you sure you can do this? And Damon's like, ah, yeah, I'll kill her. I'll kill her. And Stefan's like, I'm just saying, like, I had a chance to kill her and I hesitated. It's nothing personal. Yeah. And Damon's like, well, I'm not going to hesitate. And Stefan's like, well, you loved her for 145 years. It could happen. Yeah, so let's all just remember that, Damon. And Damon's like, mm, I won't. And Stefan's like, okay. <laughs> like, he's like, I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, well, I guess that's as much checking in as I can do. We'll just have to see how the night goes. If anything, this anger that he has stirred in Damon makes him more likely to kill Catherine. Yeah, and hey, Catherine has made him snap and kill other people. So hopefully it's a good snap this time. Yeah. Stefan's really trying to work it. (laughs) So then we check in at Richard's study where Matt and Tyler are hanging out with who else? Amy Bradley and slutty Sarah. Love. I I wrote my notes, Amy and Sarah being little queens. Yeah, I love them. them. And this is like right after Tyler's mom was like, don't bring anyone into the study. So Tyler's like, we shouldn't be in here, but he doesn't really do anything to stop it. He's kind of a don't rock the boat kind of guy. Yeah. Tyler just wants to have fun. And Matt's like, well, you know what? We need to turn this party up. And he offers some shots, which is very off brand for him. But the girls are excited because all they want to do is take shots and dance. I love their style. Me too, Queens. I love you. Tyler is weirded out that Matt's in this mood. But Tyler's like, you know what? This is fun that you want to have fun. I like this attitude on you. You won't soon, King. Yeah, I mean, after years of Matt being a little loser, he's like, wow, at least I'm not the only one pushing shots on someone. But he should have read that as a sign, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, hey, good pick by Catherine. So then we check in with Jeremy and Bonnie. And Jeremy's got his hair slicked back. And I said, hello, sir. Yeah, Jeremy's working that suit. He's here to look kind of hot. This is our first Jeremy and Bonnie scene of the app. And I won't lie, I did pick up some vibes here and we'll continue to pick up vibes. And Jeremy and Bonnie, while they're kind of like vibing, pick out a room to be the tomb. And Jeremy sees the grimoire. He's like, oh, yeah, the Gilbert journals mentioned that. Blah, blah, blah. Some exposition. And Bonnie says, yeah, this was Emily's. I'm doing a spell similar to the tomb spell. I've been practicing working on spells in the book. Small ones, all ones that do good. I don't want to know too much. I don't particularly enjoy this. But Jeremy's like, but you're a witch. That's cool. He's like, why wouldn't you enjoy that? That's dope. Uh, Which uh, me too, gang. She says, it's not super cool. Did you hear what happened to my ancestor, Emily? 
she was burned at the stake. And she says, and what about my grams, who famously died opening the tomb? Famously. Yeah. (laughs) And Bonnie says, it never ends well for people like me, but I have to stop other people from getting hurt and I'm not really sure how to stay out of it. You can't. That's the thing about witches. They want to stay out of it, but you just can't. So help with the good stuff. Limit your involvement on the bad stuff. I mean, I think Bonnie's going about it as well as she possibly can. Yeah. So then we check over at the Gilbert house. Elena's taking care of Jenna and Jenna says, I feel like an invalid. And Elena says, well, you are an invalid. (laughs) Bitch. (laughs) And Elena's like, hey, where's Jeremy? And Jenna's like, oh, he went to the Lockwood party. First stab in this plan. Elena's like, why would Jeremy go to that? Yeah, she's like, that doesn't sound like something he'd be into. But Jenna is like, well, I think it's good. He's having fun. I want him to be less emo. And Elena's like, okay. But she knows where she's going to get the real answers is from Rick. So she goes up to Alaric and says, hey, what's going on? He says, what? (laughs) He starts weak and and does not really pick this up. I mean, he phones it in with these lies. Yeah, he should (laughs) have planned some lies ahead of time. I think he really thought Elena wasn't going to ask. Oh, yeah, I really think he did. I I think he was like, okay, you know, she wants to hang out with her aunt. He was like, I'll order a pizza, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, Alaric was probably drunk. Yeah, he was like, this is going to be a nice chill night. And then Elena, like within an hour, started asking questions. He was like, are you fucking joking? How did you fucking know this? And he, you know, he did what he could, but <laughs> yeah, he hadn't prepped. <laughs> and Elena says, you know, I haven't heard from anyone all day. It's like they're avoiding me. And now Jeremy's at a party. And Alaric says, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and Elena's like, OK, sure, sure. She calls his bluff. She says, OK. Then I'll head out and meet up with everyone. That sounds cool. And he's like, okay, wait. He's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> and then he gives an attempt at a lie that is not a bad attempt. He says, Stefan asked me to keep an eye on you in case Catherine showed up while he was at the party. And the thing is, the lie, Stefan told me to keep an eye on you in case Catherine showed up, pitch perfect. But Alaric really fumbles it at the end when he says, while Stefan was at the party, because Elena's like, Stefan is at the party? She's like, he would not go to that without me. Once you bring up the party and you know Stefan is there, it all starts to be like, okay, there's a plan afoot. And Alaric just says, let this one go. But that's something Elena Gilbert does not do. There could not be a more obvious sign that he has just lied than him saying, please let this one go. Okay, so I'm right. Everyone is at the party. Yeah. And they're hiding something from me. I mean, listen, and this is why I'm not Elena Gilbert. Because if someone told me that, even if I knew they were lying, I'd be like, but I get to eat pizza and watch a movie tonight. That's not my business. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, they don't want me there. There's probably a reason about Catherine, not like a reason like they all hate me. Like I would be able to separate those. I'd be like, okay, cool. Sounds good to me. Yeah, but Elena will not sit her ass down for one second. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, I won't go to the party, but can I have a beer? And he'd be like, okay. (laughs) Bargaining chip. (laughs) So then we go back over to the masquerade ball. Bonnie and Jeremy are coming downstairs. They tell us the room is ready. And then Bonnie feels like a weird feeling in the air. She asks if Jeremy feels it, but of course he doesn't. And she follows it and she finds Lucy. And she's like, do I know you? And Lucy's like, nope, I don't know anybody. Great party. Yeah, she's like, I'm a plus one. I don't know anyone here. I just know like whoever I'm here with. Bye. And Bonnie does like poke her on the shoulder, but she doesn't seem to get an 
an aggressive feeling the same way from touching people right away. And Bonnie immediately chalks it up to just like a weird vibe. Meanwhile, Stefan spots Catherine from across the courtyard. And then she runs up to him really fast. And she's like, want to dance? And he says, no. (laughs) She says, great. Then who should I kill? While she eats yet another strawberry. (laughs) She's like, okay, I could kill someone and I can eat this strawberry sexy. So do you want to dance or no? (laughs) And so he says, fine, let's dance. (laughs) He said, okay, bluff called, bluff called. (laughs) Yeah. And she says, it's a beautiful night. Anyway, I'm just thinking about how lucky it is that Jenna survived. What a dumbass. Who stabs themselves? And (laughs) Stefan's like, Catherine. (laughs) So I was like, Catherine, can you give me one moment's peace? Stefan's like, I don't want anyone to get hurt. Can we be calm? And she's like, I'm super calm. All I want is the moonstone and no one's going to die. And he's like, oh, well, I don't have it. We should go get it together. And she's like, no, you're going to go fetch it for me. Yeah, Catherine has seen Chrono Mind. She says, I will not be going to a secondary location. I am not a fucking idiot. (laughs) She's not. He says, my way or you don't get it. And Catherine says, I don't think so. Because then Amy Bradley comes up. Poor girl. Amy freaking Bradley. (laughs) Amy Bradley, this is your lesson. Stay out of other people's business. If she learned it, it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, she probably did learn it at the very last second. She was like, I probably shouldn't have interrupted them dancing. Yeah, I probably should have kept this to myself. <laughs> but Amy's like, oh my God, Elena, you look so pretty. And Catherine's like, oh my God, thank you. Oh, I love your necklace. It's twisted. Let me fix it for you. So she goes behind Amy Bradley and then like cracks her, like reaches in and cracks her spine basically. And she's like, okay, so right now she's paralyzed from the waist down. And then she snaps her neck and she's like, and now she's dead. In the arms of the And then she tosses her limp body at Stefan and says, I want the Moonstone. It is a powerful move. It's effective. Amy Bradley got to be in three episodes. I think she should be thrilled by that. I was shook she made it through the first episode we saw her in. Then we saw her again. I was like, wow, Queen getting two Fs. Then she was here tonight. I was like, wow. Amy Bradley in her last moments before she died was like, I can't believe I'm going to die. A girl who hasn't even kissed Matt Donovan. How embarrassing. I do love that she was like, oh, my God, Elena, you look so pretty. Because, of course, this is the prettiest Elena's ever looked because Elena doesn't dress slutty. Yeah. (laughs) And Amy Bradley is, if not a slut, she's a wannabe slut. So Amy Bradley respects sex appeal. And Amy Bradley was just being so nice. She was just giving a sweet compliment to a girl who finally looked sexy. And then she dies. I mean, it's got to be her to be her. Rest in peace, queen. We'll miss you, Amy Bradley. Here's the question. You think that's the last we've seen, we're going to see yes. Amy Bradley or you think she's coming back? I think that's the last we'll see. Luckily for Amy Bradley, she won't be alone in the after like very soon. <laughs> Luckily, she's going to have her very best friend in a minute. <laughs> so then we go over to the Gilbert house really quick where Elena says she's going to go to bed and Alaric doesn't watch the front door and Elena walks right out the front door. He says, okay, good night, turns around, and she goes right out the front door. Alaric, what the fuck was your job tonight? Again, it kind of feels like these jobs weren't correctly assigned because Alaric is just not good at a job like this. Alaric's going to be better at the party fighting, whereas Jeremy wouldn't let Elena out of his sight if he knew that this was his job. That's true. And Alaric would have done a better job. I think Alaric could state Catherine. I don't doubt he could do it, honestly. I think he's the most able to of this whole group. 
Yeah. And I think Stefan and Damon, unfortunately, wanted to get the glory of staking her. But if they were smart, they would have just sent a lurk to do it. Because she wouldn't have expected him. Yeah, she doesn't know him. He's not going to waste everyone's time. He'll just stake her and go. He's not trying to get information out. He's not trying to do one last speech. Yeah. He's not trying to have a whole fight sequence. He's like, goodbye. He's trying to get that so he can go to the bar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a simple man. But anyway, so then we go back over to the ball. Stefan and Damon catch up and they're like, okay, well, I put Amy's body in the trunk for now. Let's dump her later. Damon calls her collateral damage. Ouch. I mean, it's what she is. She is. It's a hard day to be a side character today. Yeah. And Stefan's like, you know what? I think we should call it off. And Damon's like, no, she ruined our lives and it needs to end tonight. And Stefan's like, okay, I'm back on board. And to be fair, no shade, Amy Bradley, but she's not worth calling off the plan. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry to her, but. Yeah, it's not, it's not that important. It's just not that deep. So then we check in with Jeremy and Bonnie and Jeremy's like, hey, can you do a hocus pocus to ace a test? And she said, I don't know. And he said, that's the first spell I'd learn. Or maybe a sex spell. I don't know. Hey, you want to dance? <laughs> the game on this boy. He is working it. And she says, no, I don't want to dance. And almost like laughs in his face. And he takes it like a champ. Despite how rude that was, he is like, okay. <laughs> he said, fair enough. And then she's charmed by that. And she says, I mean, no, thank you. He's like, you can't take back the fact that you just laughed in my face. (laughs) Damon sends a text to Jeremy that says now. So we're moving. It's a heist film. It's Ocean's 8. It's Ocean's 11. Whatever. How many of them are there? (laughs) Well, Ocean's 11 is the first one, but Ocean's 8. I meant like how many are in this group on this episode? (laughs) Like it's Ocean's X, you know? Six. It's Ocean's 6. It's Ocean's 6 up in here. So then... Lucy approaches Catherine and she's like, you didn't tell me there was going to be another witch here. And Catherine says, didn't I? Catherine's like, of course I fucking didn't. I knew you wouldn't follow the big plan. And Lucy says, you should have told me there was another witch here. This changes things. And Catherine says, this changes nothing. You still owe your friend a favor. It's like, okay, well, if she owes a favor, that's what she's doing it. Friend is not the word to use, Miss Catherine. Yeah, you can see Lucy at that point being like, oh, God fucking damn it, this bitch. Yeah, she's like, this is not a good night. (laughs) So then Jeremy is like, hey, can I talk to my sister, Elena? And Lucy's like, okay, I'll leave. And then Catherine does a little bit of her Elena voice. She's like, what's up, Jeremy? And he's like, this is a message from Stefan and Damon. They have the Moonstone at the edge of the lake. So go meet her there. And she's like, "Mm, why'd they send you to tell me that? And he said, oh, because I'm not afraid of you. And she says, you Gilbert man, you are so courageous. Say, how's John? Are his fingers sewn back on? And Jeremy's bluff is called. He's scared of her. Yeah, he, he does do a gulp. Jeremy says, bluff called, bluff called. If I'm Jeremy, I'm wearing that ring backwards. I am hiding it as much as I possibly I'm holding my hands in like two tight fists. My hands are in my pockets and they are not coming out. And I have gloves on. You will not be getting that ring off my finger. But luckily, Catherine walks away and Jeremy sends a text message. And as he does so, he is pulled into the bushes by Elena. And she's like, hey, what the fuck? So then we check in with Caroline. She sees Matt, who is drunk with Sarah and Tyler, and they look at each other longingly. But then the little trio goes to drink more in the study and Caroline gets a text from Jeremy that says it's her turn. 
So Caroline walks upstairs alone and Catherine pins her against the wall. And she's like, hey, what are the Salvatores up to? Because they're luring me to the lake. And Caroline says, nothing. Caroline's doing her little feeble act because that's what everyone thinks she is, queen. And Catherine keeps pushing and like hurting her a little more. And she's like, okay, they're trying to kill you. And Catherine's like, I knew it. Where's the moonstone? And Caroline says, Bonnie has it. Catherine twitches her a little bit more. She says, Bonnie's upstairs. Caroline really does a good job of selling it. Like she's giving up secrets in response to the torture. Yeah, like she's not just giving her lines. Like she's waiting till Catherine does up the ante a bit on the torture. And then she gives some information. Because Mm -hmm. talk about someone who's not actually scared of Catherine. She's like, this bitch already killed me once. I'd love to see her do it again. And that's why we love Caroline. We check in outside with Elena behind the bushes and Bonnie and Jeremy. Elena's like, why are you guys doing this? And Jeremy's like, it's an opportunity to kill Catherine. We had to take it. And Elena's like, you're going to get yourselves killed. And like, I feel guilty because you're doing it for me. And Jeremy's like, it's not just about you. She's messed with all of us. She has to be stopped. When she's messing with you, she's actually messing with all of our lives. And like, we're not fucking taking that. Jeremy's like, you know, Jenna's my aunt, too. My guardian also got stabbed. So then upstairs, Catherine is dragging Caroline by her hair. Incredible. <laughs> like a true mean girl. <laughs> yeah. And she says, point out the room. And Caroline continues the performance of a lifetime and she points the room out. Catherine goes into the room that Bonnie set up as the tomb. And Caroline stays out the door, love. Yeah. Caroline has a little moment. She gets to kind of rub it in her face a little bit. Caroline laughs and she's like, oh my God, I did it. I didn't think I would be able to trick you, but I did. And then Catherine quickly realizes she's stuck in the room. Yeah, Catherine tries to run out to be like, I'll show you who tricked who, but there's a force field stopping her. And she's like, wait, what? And Catherine quickly realizes what's going on. She's like, Stefan. And so Caroline says, bye, Catherine. And she leaves. Caroline said, my job is done. I don't need to stick around and see this girl killed. So then Stefan comes out of the shadows, twirling a stake, looking very cute. Catherine is not convinced that Stefan can kill her. Stefan says maybe, but he can. And then Damon comes out of the shadows and shoots her with one of the compressed air stake guns. But as soon as the stake hits her in the shoulder or wherever, it might be lower stomach, who cares? Elena starts bleeding too. And screaming. And my jaw dropped to the floor. And Bonnie quickly realizes that Catherine is linked to Elena. So actually in the grand scheme, it's a good thing that Elena came to this party because or else she'd just be dying at home. Yeah, they wouldn't have even known. Yeah, they would have killed Catherine. Like, oh my God, let's go tell Elena and they'd come home and she'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been a fun night. That would have backfired quick. Of course, all the vampires are not by Elena. So she's just there in agony. So Bonnie tells Jeremy to go run and stop them since everything they do to Catherine is hurting Elena. So upstairs in the room, we have a fun little fight sequence. Catherine is fighting back. The boys are doing good. There's a little bit of a struggle, but finally it starts to turn and they have her. Stefan has her in a headlock. Damon has the stake ready to go through her heart. But Jeremy gets there right in the nick of time to be like, it's hurting Elena. Everything you're doing is happening to Elena. There is a really cool moment of Catherine's that I want to mention too, that at one point Damon is pointing a stake at her and she grabs his hand and like breaks it backwards so that the stake is pointing at him. So fucking cool. But she does lose the momentum. And luckily Jeremy does get there right in time to be like, do not do this. 
Catherine, of course, relishes the dramatic reveal. And she says, you guys aren't the only ones who have a witch on your side. And guess what? My witch is better than your witch. And Stefan's like, OK, Jeremy, go check on Elena. And Catherine's like, oh, my God, everyone wants to check on Elena. Boo hoo, boo hoo. And then she cuts her own hand to cut Elena's hand. A very powerful timing because, you know, Catherine, she can bounce back from an injury fast. I mean, she's healing, but also like she's been hit by a lot of stakes in her life. She's strong. Like, yeah, cutting her hand is nothing. It's less than a paper cut. It's a tickle. Yeah. So Elena is in pain and Bonnie says she cannot break the spell, but she can take the pain away. So Catherine keeps hurting herself or at least threatening to. And then Damon says, wait. So now we're opening Moonstone negotiations. Yeah. (laughs) She says, "Okay, what about that Moonstone? Downstairs outside, Jeremy's like, "Okay, well, a witch did this to Elena, linked her to Catherine because, you know, he heard Catherine say, like, I have a witch on my side. Good critical thinking from Jeremy. Yeah. And Bonnie says, well, I immediately know who the witch is. It's the one woman who gave me a weird, indescribable vibe. Yeah. Like, why else would I have felt something that I've never felt before? Obviously, it's her. So she goes off looking for the witch. Meanwhile, Jeremy tries to give Elena the Gilbert ring, but Elena refuses to take it. And so then we go back up to our little trio up in the tomb room. And Catherine says, ah, the three of us, just like old times, (laughs) the brother who loved me too much and the one who didn't love me enough. And Damon adds, and the evil slut vampire who only loved herself. And she's like, that's me. Got me pegged. (laughs) Catherine says, what happened to sweet and polite Damon? And Damon says, oh, he died a long time ago. And Catherine's like, well, he was a bore. And Stefan's like, can you guys stop antagonizing each other? Stefan's like, look, we're all in this room. Let's not make Damon snap again. I would love to just be quiet for a bit. He's like, let's just get this done. He's like, can I just sit in the fact that my plan failed? I really don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. And Catherine says, okay, can I have the moonstone? And Stefan says, "Mm, why do you want it? Great question. (laughs) And Catherine doesn't answer the question, of course. (laughs) Catherine says, does Elena enjoy having both of you worship at her altar? Which, let me tell you, we will be hearing that line in our pre-episode recap for quite some time. She called him on it. And Stefan calls that comment desperate and says that he can see right through her, which Stefan can see right through her. Damon in the background, obviously affected by that, but Damon's smart enough to shut up. Yeah, Damon's like, can everyone please stop telling Stefan I'm in love with Elena? I really like to pretend that's not a fact. It's true, but I'd really love to repress that if I could. Yeah, like I really don't want to like be confronted with it every two weeks, it seems. (laughs) <laughs> but Catherine keeps confronting. She says to Stefan, like, hey, doesn't it bug you that Damon's in love with your girlfriend? And Stefan doesn't budge on it. He's like, whatever, Catherine. And Catherine's like, hey, if you're mad, hurt me. Elena will feel that. Or better yet, Damon, kiss me. Elena will feel that too. And Stefan's like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And Damon mostly keeps a cool head. Unlike his normal personality. Yeah, he does a pretty good job here. And Stefan just keeps ignoring her attempts to cause drama between them. And he says, here's what confuses me is the Mason thing. A werewolf breaking the curse would mean they could destroy all vampires. So what exactly is in it for you? Unfortunately, before she has a chance to avoid that question, Damon's like, sorry about your pet wolf. And Catherine's like, that's okay. He isn't the only wolf in town. And so, of course, we use that opportunity to cut over to the soon to be other wolf in town, which is Tyler in the study. 
And you would think that they would have thought about this. I know they're very distracted with trying to kill Catherine tonight, but now they're all in this room. So what are they going to do? Yeah, I think <laughs> Stefan and Damon are trapped in the room. And honestly, I honestly think Stefan and Damon don't care if Tyler lives or dies. <laughs> That's probably true. They're like, Tyler, did I meet him? Have I met Tyler yet? And Tyler who? Elena's like, you've met him many times. They're like, is Tyler your ex-boyfriend? And she's like, no, that's Matt. And they're like, oh, then I, then I don't know who he is. <laughs> so Tyler's hanging out with Sarah and Matt as usual. They comment that Amy is like missing, but they assume she's drunk somewhere. Hope you say that at her funeral. Yeah, I hope you guys <laughs> feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> And Matt says, mm, I'm drunk somewhere and pours some alcohol on the rug. And Tyler's like, hey, like, don't do that. Yeah, like, hey, that's kind of rude. This is my dad's study. Like, maybe chill. Yeah, and Matt says, come on, it's a party. And then he picks up a picture of Tyler's mom and dad and says, right, dad? And then he pours alcohol on the picture and says, oh, your dad wants a drink. Like, and I know he's being compelled to be a dick, but that felt unnecessary. It was mean. And Tyler's like, hey, stop. And Matt's like, what? Your dad was a dick. And Sarah's like, Matt, you're being mean. And Sarah's like, his dad's dead. Like, as though Matt doesn't know that. Like, she's like, hey, did you forget his dad is dead? Yeah, I don't know if you heard. And yes, Mayor Lockwood was a dick, but it's not productive to say to his son who just lost his dad. Yeah, Tyler's having conflicting emotions about that. Trust me. So then Tyler's like, okay, give me the photo. And Matt's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And by the way, do you remember how your dad used to slap you around? Jesus. The compulsion is, it do be working. Tyler should say, where's your fucking dad? Yeah. But (laughs) but Tyler's (laughs) a little hurt and he's trying not to be angry. Yeah, he's doing a good job of like controlling his anger for the most part. Yeah, and Tyler says, hey, put down the photo. And then Matt, like, breaks it on the desk. Yeah, I mean, he was told to not stop. (laughs) Yeah, and Tyler says, hey, calm down. I'm not going to fight you. So then, of course, Matt decides to tackle and punch him because obviously words aren't enough. And Caroline overhears it. So Tyler starts fighting back, but Caroline gets in to break up the fight. So she, like, breaks it up. She looks at them. And Matt's like, no, I have to finish. And Caroline, like, clocks that that's a weird comment. Yeah, you can see her be like, that's a really weird thing to say. Like, what is he finishing? But she doesn't really have time to process it. So instead, what she does is she elbows Matt in the face and knocks him out. Thanks, girl. I respect one bitch. (laughs) One bitch on this planet. And Tyler, you can see, like, notices that Caroline knocked out Matt and notices that she shouldn't be able to do that. Well, and notices that it was very easy for her <laughs> in a way that doesn't make sense. It does not align with what he knows about Caroline's personality. So he's definitely, uh, he's like, okay, that was weird. But before he has time to focus too hard on that, Sarah picks up a letter opener and says, Matt failed. If Matt fails, I can't. So she goes to stab Tyler and he's just like, pushes her off of him but the angle is right she like hits the desk you hear her neck snap she falls and she's dead it's not a fake out this time In the arms of the angel. caroline confirms she's dead she checks her pulse and tyler freaks out he panics he says this can't happen and then his eyes turn gold baby just like we saw mason's it has happened and it is written and Listeners, you may remember 
last episode, I asked when she thought Kylo was going to kill someone. And she said, mid-season finale, probably not next episode. Well, it was the next episode. And, you know, every time I make Red a guess, fans will remember this is the same thing that happened when the tomb was being opened. Every time, you know, I'm very aware that if I say it won't be next episode, then it's going to be next episode. And yet somehow all the times I like don't seem to remember that are the times I say it won't be next episode. And that's when it has to be the next episode. I don't know why I keep guessing mid-season finale. That has literally never been right. Yeah. It has literally never been correct. Next episode would have been correct like nine times out of 10 when I guess mid-season finale. Why the fuck am I doing that? But here we are. (laughs) This is mostly a a stern talking to for myself. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see if it works. We'll see if you do this again. (laughs) I'm sure I will. (laughs) I'm too conditioned for a long, slow burn for people dying. Not on this show. The Vampire Diaries kills people off so fast. So then we go upstairs and Stefan has put the pieces together that Catherine bargained the Moonstone. He says, you told me that when you made a deal with George Lockwood, you gave him something he needed. It was the Moonstone. Should have asked for details at the time. Yeah, if you had asked her that question when she was quote unquote trapped in your cellar, maybe you wouldn't have had to put these pieces together after all this had happened. But And Catherine says, good for you, two plus two. and she says and it would have worked until people found out i wasn't in the tomb thanks to damon she said did i mention your obsession with me has been very inconvenient and he said you and me both sister (laughs) he said yeah i know he said you think it's been inconvenient for you look at me he's like i am living a horrible life like things are not good for me right now btw And so Stefan's like, hey, so why do you need the Moonstone back? And she says, well, you look dashing in a suit. It's like, okay, so you're done answering questions now. He says, okay, what were you doing with the Moonstone in the first place? And Damon says, you're wasting your breath. Because he is. He is wasting his breath. Mm -hmm. And then Stefan says, unless the Moonstone wasn't yours to start with. He said, you faked your death in 1864. Who were you running from? That's the same question I had, Stefan. This is a thing that Stefan keeps suspecting that she's been running from someone. Do you have any new guesses as to who Catherine's running from? Well, I mean, we see a masked figure at the end of the episode. That's a good guess. Sure. But it seems like the Moonstone clearly in some way belonged to werewolves at one point. How she got it, unclear. And she gave it back to werewolves for a while. Uh, presumably some people got off her back, but also they thought she was dead in a tomb. But now they know she has the moonstone again. So I'm guessing it's some sort of werewolf boob. I don't have any more guesses than that, unfortunately. That's a good guess. But Catherine doesn't answer the question because why would she? She says, you know, Stefan, I saw you in Chicago in 1987. And Damon's like, did you see me? (laughs) Yeah, Damon's like, where was I in 1987? She's like, yeah, I checked in with you over the years. She's like, I saw you at a Bon Jovi concert with that wench Lexi rest in peace she said you were watching Bon Jovi and I was watching you and he says again who were you running from (laughs) and then she mouths I love you and he says you were running from Ilavu Ilavu he's like who Oliver (laughs) (laughs) and she's like you are so fucking stupid (laughs) 
meanwhile, we go back downstairs where Bonnie finds Lucy. And Lucy is like, I should have known I'd run into a Bennett. Bonnie's like, how do you know me? And Lucy's like, you'll figure it out. Listen, I have no interest in fighting you. It's not a big deal. And Bonnie's like, well, I don't want to fight you either, but you need to break the spell you put on Elena. And Lucy's like, just give Catherine the Moonstone, dude. And then it's like all over. And Bonnie's like, why exactly are you helping Catherine? You should break the spell. And Lucy's like, look, I don't have a choice. Catherine saved my life. I owe her. I just have to do it. But then Lucy touches Bonnie and she's like, oh, you have the Moonstone. And Bonnie like tries to play it off, but obviously she can't. And then Lucy touches Bonnie and says, give it to me. You can trust me. Yeah, they like hold arms on arms. They're like definitely passing a lot of information between each other in that moment. And at the moment, it's like, ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea. But we figure out pretty soon whether or not it's a good idea. So then upstairs, Damon pours himself a bourbon. Good thing they made the tomb in a room where there's an alcohol cart. Yeah. (laughs) And Catherine's like, ooh, I'll have one of those. She's like, yeah, I could drink. And so Damon pours her a drink, hands it to her, and then he lunges at her, pushes against the wall, and holds the stake up. And Stefan's like, hey, um, that's going to hurt Elena. He's like, hey, remember Elena? I thought you were in love with her. (laughs) And Damon says, as soon as the spell is broken, I'm going to stake you. And Catherine says, when did you get so hot? (laughs) And Damon's like, what? (laughs) Damon said, she thinks I'm hot. (laughs) And then Lucy appears in the doorway and she's holding the moonstone. And she says, Catherine, the spell on this room has been lifted. You're free to go. And then Catherine's like, awesome. And Catherine goes up to Lucy and Lucy's like, just so we're clear. When I hand you this moonstone, my debt is paid and I owe you nothing. Yes. And Catherine's like, yeah, whatever. We made that fucking deal, dude. Give me the fucking moonstone. Catherine's like, give me the moonstone. I am done. I want to leave. She's like, I don't like you that much. (laughs) She's like, I needed a witch. And then Lucy gives her the moonstone. Catherine starts choking. And Lucy's like, you should have told me another witch was involved. She's a Bennett witch, but then you knew that, didn't you, Catherine? And Catherine says, <laughs> and so Catherine's like seizing on the ground, coughing. Stefan and Damon are like, but Elena. And Lucy's like, the spell on Elena is broken. She'll heal quickly. Bonnie's with her. She starts to leave and she says, uh, I'm sorry for my involvement. And she heads out. <laughs> She's like, sorry. Oopsie doopsie. So then we go back to the study where Caroline is filling Carol in on the events that transpired or some version of them. She says, look, I was fighting with Matt because we'd just broken up. So, you know, it was getting kind of heated. And Sarah was just drunk and dancing and she tripped and hit her head and died, which is as good a lie as you can make it because the autopsy is going to show that she was drunk and that she hit her head and broke her neck. Like it works. Yeah, it's all going to fit into the story. So, you know, thank God for Caroline quick on her feet. And Carol basically calls it a tragic accident. She says that her mom, the sheriff, and Sarah's parents are on the way. And Carol's like, you should tell your mom about this. She'll want to hear it from you. So she leaves and Caroline goes to Tyler and she's like, so Matt is in the car. He's sleeping it off. I'll deal with him. I don't want him to be involved in all of this. And Tyler says, why are you fixing something that I did? And she kind of tries to play it off as like, I'm just helping. It was an accident. I don't want you to get in trouble for this. And he says, you don't know what it means that she's dead. And Caroline's like, actually, I think I do. (laughs) And she says, is your wound healed? And he says, oh, it is. He's like, that's weird. How did you know that? 
at this point, I mean, Caroline's kind of shown a few too many cards to Tyler. I disagree. I think it's a good amount of cards. I mean, Tyler's all by himself right now. If no one is roping him in, it's Catherine's world, you know? You made an observation that you think these two are going to date. What made you say that? So these two are vibing and, you know, they don't say like, we're both supernatural. But there is a sort of like knowing understanding here. And also they have both killed someone, which I think we've seen Caroline struggle with. I'm sure Tyler is going to struggle with not only because it turns him into a werewolf, but because he did kill a girl. That's struggle material regardless. So I think there's a, a potential there. And I think they're both so hot and I would love it. If anyone has to date my boyfriend, Tyler, I want it to be Caroline. What do you think their couple name is? I looked it up. And as you know, a ship name doesn't confirm a couple. Yeah. There's ship names for everyone. But what do you think their ship name is? Tyler, Tyreline. None of those are working for me, but. You're not going to get it because they won't work because they use their last name. Oh. It's Forward. Forward. Okay. That makes sense because their first names don't work together. So you think we're going to see a Forward couple? I I do think so. I do believe that. When do you think that couple will get together? Let's say timeline wise, let's say, when do you think they're going to have their first kiss? I think within season two. Okay. That's what I'm sensing because I feel that that's her next couple. And what an upgrade from Matt. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Give me an episode number for a kiss just for the fun of it. Oh, just so I can be wrong. Um, it is 11. I'm going to say episode 11. And then we go outside where Bonnie chases Lucy down and Lucy's like, hey, I'm really sorry about the spell. Vampires always put you in the middle of it. And Bonnie's like, don't I fucking know it? Yeah. And Bonnie says, how did I know I can trust you? And Lucy says, you ever feel that feeling before when I touch you? You ever feel that? And Bonnie says, yeah, around family, like my grandma. And Lucy says, we're related. Lucy's like, you know what? Meeting you tonight was a wake up call. I'm not going to keep letting vampires control me. So thank you so much. And Bonnie says, no, please don't leave. I also hate being in the middle of it. And I don't know how to stay out of it. Lucy's like, "Uh, you're going to stay in it, queen. (laughs) Yeah. Lucy says, unlike me, you're one of the good ones. The middle is where you should be. So do you think that's going to change Bonnie's opinion and she's going to be on the vampire side from here on out? Oh, I think she's still going to be a little hesitant, but I think the fact that she has another witch who like can support her pushes her more in that direction. Because I think a big reason that she's not on the vampire side is that she feels like her grams wouldn't support her if she knew that this is where she was right now. And I think that's the main reason why she has been fighting it. Whereas if there's someone else in her family who's a witch who can say like, no, you're doing the right thing, you're doing important work then it kind of saves her from that a little bit Mm -hmm. and lucy says that bonnie will see her again do you think bonnie will see her again i think so i think bonnie needs to interact with some other witches and so it makes sense if i were lucy though i'd be like no until Catherine's dead i'll be uh, out of the way yeah but (laughs) i think she'll be around and helpful in a way i mean bonnie needs some other witches she can't keep carrying this on her own So then Jeremy walks up and offers Bonnie a ride home. Bonnie says, when did you get your driver's license? And he says, I'm not a kid anymore, Bonnie. And she accepts the ride. And so you uh, smelt another couple. Yeah, there there are some vibes here, I fear. These two were definitely vibing through the episode. But this is the most 
I want to say egregious uh, version of it. Yeah. The (laughs) earlier scenes, you could kind of be like, oh, they're friends. And this scene is like, oh, no, they're flirting. Yeah. You like this couple? You think this is a cute couple? I'm back and forth on it because I love them both so much. I don't want to have to take sides. I'm not worried about with Caroline and Tyler, because even though I love Tyler, I'm taking Caroline's side every day. I mean, it's not close. One thing about Bonnie and Jamie that I think is good is I think it will be a strong balance for both of them if they were to get together because Bonnie does not want to be in the middle of things and Jamie wants to be directly in the middle of everything. So I think that them together could help them balance each other out. I do fear for Bonnie because Jamie, the kiss from that boy is a curse, it seems. But I, I like them together just because I like them both. And I think honestly, there's no one else down to earth enough to really be with Bonnie. And I think Jeremy does have this very grounded aura about him. Sure. Their couple name for your reference is Baramy. <laughs> so you seem pretty sure they're going to be a couple. When do you think they will kiss for the first time? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say season two, but I think it's going to be later than Caroline and Tyler. You know, I'm going to ask for an episode number. I'm going to give an episode number, but I think it's going to be later than Caroline and Tyler because the whole like best friends younger brother dynamic but I'm gonna say episode 16 for Bonnie and Jamie kiss we'll see imagine if those were both right wouldn't that be cool imagine (laughs) really use your imagination yeah so then we see Stefan outside and he sees Elena standing by the lake and he goes to check on her and she's like oh I'm okay I'm healing And Stefan's like, you should go see a doctor anyway. And Elena's like, yeah, I'm going to see a doctor, whatever. Shut up. Elena says, I heard about Catherine. Is it true that she's gone? Stefan's like, yeah, hell yeah. All right, we can be back together. And Elena's like hesitant. And Stefan says, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, Stefan says, Catherine being gone doesn't change anything, does it? And Elena says, like, I want to be with you, but I also want to wake up every day and know that my loved ones are safe. And I just don't know what to do about that. And the thing is, I get this instinct, but you're a doppelganger, you're involved. Like you're not going to wake up and ever be safe for a while. Yeah, even if you're not with Stefan, like, you know, whoever's after Catherine could be like, there's Catherine. She's in disguise in these ugly fits. (laughs) You're on a show that runs eight seasons and it's season two. I know you can't see that from the outside, Elena. (laughs) I get her thought process, but it's ultimately moot. Like it's deeply flawed. You're already too deep in it. Like maybe if this were like right after you found out about him being a vampire, sure. But like your aunt's boyfriend is involved in vampires. Both your best friends are involved in vampires. You can't get away from it at this point. So you might as well date Stefan if you want to. Yeah, because you're going to be involved. Despite that, Stefan understands and she leaves him by the lake alone. She limps away. Yeah. She's had a rough night. So then we head over to the tomb. Catherine wakes up with the moonstone next to her and she's freaked out. She tries to get out, but the seal is up. So she's trapped in. And Damon's like, hey, Catherine. Catherine's like, "Uh, hi, where the fuck am I? (laughs) And he says, it's where you should have been this whole time. You're in the tomb, my gal. You shouldn't have messed with a Bennett witch. What did you learn? And she says, you know, you really should have just killed me. And he says, death would have been too kind, which I understand. I get that. But 
it's a device of the show to keep her alive because obviously she has some information we're going to need. I get the motivation. I think if these people were real, they would have killed her and they should have. Yeah. But it's a fictional TV show. I can't believe they trusted Damon to be in this tomb with her by himself. He's in love with Elena now. Everyone knows that. I guess true. But, you know, Catherine still has a lot of power, a lot of charm. So he goes to close the stone door and Catherine says, oh, nope, nope, you need me. Elena is in danger. And he's like, do you think I'm fucking stupid? Well, he bites for a second. He says, from who? And then she doesn't say anything right away. And he's like, okay, you're lying. You're always lying. I don't know why I even fucking tried. And Catherine brings up an interesting point that she says, why do you think I haven't killed her? She's the doppelganger. She needs to be protected. Do you think this is bullshit? Or do you think that this is true? I mean, I think this is at least somewhat true because I do think like uh, my long held thing is that she's kept Elena alive. bargaining chip. I mean, this could very well be true. I think this is definitely a reason to keep her alive, even though I don't think that's how they are viewing it. But I think the fact that she seems to know something about why Elena would be in trouble, I'd be uh, keeping her in this tomb for that reason to be like, okay, we might need you later on. It may or may not be true, but I think it's worth considering. If you think it's even a little bit true, what do you think the doppelganger needs to be protected from? Like, what is the doppelganger involved in in that way? So I didn't clock immediately that all the pain being mirrored on Elena from Catherine was a spell. I was thinking that was a doppelganger thing, like very much a voodoo doll. So there is some sort of connection with the two of them. And I assume this spell is like I mean, I guess in theory, you could probably do this spell on other people, but I bet it's something doppelganger related. The linking spell? The linking spell. I think there is some sort of link between the two of them that is stronger than DNA. So do you think that if Elena were to get killed, Catherine would also die? Not necessarily die, but there would be repercussions of it. What would be the repercussions? And if not death, why would Catherine care? Take away a lot of her strengths, something that would make death an inevitability or a very strong possibility. I don't think she'd necessarily die immediately, but I think it would like definitely limit her power and like maybe healing ability. Like if Elena, who is the human doppelganger, is killed, Catherine becomes a human. That could be. I mean, if I'm Catherine, I'm less worried about that because like I can become a vampire again. Sure. (laughs) Interesting. So Damon says, well, I'll protect Elena and you can rot in hell. And Catherine says, you need me. And he closes the door, but he's definitely a little unsure whether or not she's telling the truth. Yeah, he's definitely a little bit hesitant. But he, he still closes the door. He's like, I can't let her get to me again. Mm-hmm. I mean, so Catherine has been lying to them most of this time. Yeah, that she hasn't told them that there's some danger to Elena in this whole thing. Seems like an interesting time to bring it up when she's in the tomb that she wants to get out of. Yeah. I mean, she probably was saving that. It also makes sense to save that bargaining chip until she really truly needs it. Sure. You can't use that all the time. They'll all be like, okay, you say that every time. So then we go back to the parking lot outside the ball. Elena is heading to her car. She's on the phone with Jeremy and she says, look, I feel better. You can give Bonnie a ride home. I'm just going to drive home and go straight to bed. But the universe has other plans because a masked man appears behind Elena, grabs her, And that's where we end the episode. That brings us to the question, I mean, that we kind of talked about already, like, is Elena in danger? Do you think this masked man was seeking out Elena when he kidnapped her? So this is a question that I I didn't think about when he kidnapped her, because I was like, Elena is in trouble. Catherine's gone. They know they can get her. 
but there is a chance that this masked man thought he was like, okay, finally Catherine's alone. But I do think like Catherine's alone a lot of the time. I, I think if the masked man wanted Catherine, there could have been another opportunity or like grabbing Catherine in a parking lot is not necessarily foolproof. So I think there is a good chance that this guy was looking for Elena. Who else needs a doppelganger? They could need a doppelganger as their own bargaining chip as like, look, we found Catherine. Give us what we want now. If they're just bargaining Catherine or something, they don't care if it's Catherine, if it's Elena, who cares? That's true. Yeah. If they're just bargaining. But don't you think the person who was taking them would be like, I need proof this is Catherine. Like, show me your fangs. I guess it depends what they're bargaining her for and with who. If they wanted Catherine instead of Elena, it will become clear very quickly that they got the wrong girl because Elena will be more scared and they'll be like, okay, Catherine cut the crap. Like, why would you be such a scaredy cat? And she'd be like, I'm not Catherine. And they'd be like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding. Like, how the fuck? Either way, I'll say this. Catherine will be out of that tomb next episode. (laughs) If you say so, we'll see. That I feel. (laughs) We'll see. My final question is, do you think what they're taking Elena for relates to what Catherine is running from? And what is Catherine running from, if anything? I think it does relate to what Catherine is running from. I'm not sure what she's running from. I mean, clearly the Moonstone plays a role. So that lends you to think that it's probably werewolves of some sort, because who else would want the Moonstone? That's true, because all we know about the Moonstone right now is that it seals the curse. Yeah, and it seems to only seal the werewolf curse, which is don't like to be caught in the middle, but they're not the type to, you know, fight back in this way. Now, why she's running and why they're chasing her, I don't know. I mean, she caused one fire at the church, confirmed. But she caused that fire to fake her death. That didn't affect the werewolves in any way. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, she caused one fire to fake her death and kill some vampires i mean whether that was collateral damage or not it still happened one fire confirmed do you think 1864 was the first time she faked her death i think there's a possibility it isn't i think if you fake your death more than once it stops being convincing sure (laughs) especially if you get caught so i I think it's a dangerous game to be like oh i'll fake my death again yeah you know let's say she faked her death in the fire that quote-unquote killed her family And then she dies in another fire. The math isn't mathing if I'm the one after her. Because I'm like, oh my God. So she faked her death in one fire and she happened to die in another fire. I'm not fucking stupid. Well, here's something I want you to consider too. (laughs) We know a fire happened at the church. We have a lot of confirmation of that. We have absolutely no evidence that there was any fire anywhere before that. Except Catherine mentioning it twice. Yeah. To only people in Mystic Falls. Who didn't know her. Yeah, so she might not necessarily have been in a fire before then. I'm going off that because that's the only guess I have. She came to Mystic Falls under mysterious circumstances regardless. And I think she came to Mystic Falls to run away from something the first time. And your guess is werewolves. My guess is werewolves. She took a moonstone from wherever she was before, came to Mystic Falls and was like, okay, this actually works for me. So if the werewolves... Or chasing after her to get the moonstone. But she gave the moonstone to a Lockwood in 1864. Why are they chasing her still? Because a werewolf had the moonstone. So they're like, okay, cool. It's all in the family. No, but that's the thing is, why were they chasing her 
in between 1864. She gave them the moonstone. Wouldn't then they be done chasing her? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we just didn't travel. Well, maybe she gave away the moonstone in 1864. So if they caught her, she was like, look, I don't have it. Go talk to the Lockwoods. And they they took a long time to catch up to her, it seems. They weren't fast. <laughs> if the werewolves caught her, she'd be like, the werewolves have it. These werewolves have it. Werewolves need to get more organized, I tell you that. Yeah, there's not enough of them. They don't speak enough. She's kind of counting on that. Yeah. yeah. But that's the end of this episode. We'll be back next week with an episode where we're going to get a couple answers. We're going to get some new concepts thrown at us. Oh, good. Perhaps a new villain. Time to shit on every theory I have just thrown out, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Get ready to be proven wrong, Stephanie. Or maybe they'll all be proven right. We can hope. Well, I mean, we'll see. Only time will tell. But that's it for this week. As always, if you are enjoying this podcast and if you have friends who like or would like the Vampire Diaries, please recommend the show and this podcast to them. And if you're really loving it, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. And follow along with us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast to keep the fun going. But that's it for this week. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.